Hey, Canadian podcasters. The Canadian Podcast Awards are in full swing, and it's your turn to cast your vote. Join us in recognizing the remarkable talent and creativity of your peers in Canadian podcasting. Make your voice heard by voting for the podcasts that have kept you entertained and informed, and help crown the champions of the Canadian Podcast Awards. It all happens at campodawards.ca. Voting closes November 12th. Hey everyone and welcome to the Podcast Experience. I'm your host Tim and like every single episode, I am excited to get back behind the mic to discuss podcasting. Now I'm particularly excited about this episode because I get to welcome Katie Lore from Pod the North to discuss Canadian podcasting specifically. It is an interesting environment right now and Katie has so much wonderful insight into this podcasting space in Canada and what she is doing to help build communities to help further and amplify voices as a podcast producer and just doing all around great things with Pod the North. And I truly hope that you have as much fun listening as we did having this conversation. So make sure to go subscribe to Katie's newsletter, Pod the North, as well as subscribe to her Substack. All of that is in the show notes below. So let's not waste any more time and let's get into the podcast experience with Katie Lore from Pod the North. All right, Katie, welcome to the podcast experience. I am I'm so excited to talk to you. You and I just met a few weeks ago, and I said I need to talk to you because of your enthusiasm and the energy you bring to the podcasting space, and specifically the Canadian podcasting space. So, welcome to the podcast experience. Thank you. And I'm like amped up here. I don't know if you get this like I do. It's you kind of waffle into a digital studio or whatever, and then all of a sudden when you get behind the mic, there's just like this elevation of your excitement oh, totally. level and, and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I literally have to tell myself before I before I started talking to you, like talk slowly so people can actually understand you because I get so yeah. amped up talking about yeah. all these types of things. So I'm excited to be here. Oh yeah. This this is gonna be great. We're gonna we're gonna walk through everything that you do, your journey as a podcaster. And I always like to start a bit with the podcast origin story. You know, where did <laughs> podcasting intersect your life first and how has it really influenced and, and where have you gone from there? And we'll, of course, get into to Pod the North here, but uh, I, I turn it over to you. So let's talk about your origin story in podcasting. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, my origin story of podcasting, I feel like I can go so far back, but I just feel like audio storytelling and like audio conversations have just been in my bones and my blood for so long. I have very vivid memories of driving around in the backseat of my parents' car listening to CBC radio. And that's kind mm-hmm. of like where it all started was listening to like Vinyl Cafe and all like even just like CBC News, just all of that audio storytelling that I was just absorbing as a kid has sort of stuck with me. And then that turned me into pursuing basically wanting to be like the next George Strombolopoulos at one point Mm -hmm. till I realized I like never want to be on camera in like (laughs) a serious way. So uh, yeah, I ended up pursuing a a job in in radio and that turned into a love of podcasting after I had an internship at CBC in 2014, I think it was. And uh, yeah, I basically was working on a radio show at CBC Music and I told them like, hey, you should release this as a podcast 
uh, because podcasts were starting to come out and it was very exciting. And they said, podcasts just like aren't a thing. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And then a year later, they released CBC Podcasts. So uh, that was kind of my journey into it. And then in 2014, I also had just graduated at TMU um, doing radio and television arts and studying all that audio production stuff. And uh, did not get hired at CBC like I had hoped. Did not immediately become the next George Strombolopoulos. <laughs> so I ended up uh, basically just working for six years, just trying to like pay my rent. I worked at a hair salon for a while. I worked for a startup company. And I was just making podcasts on the side, trying to make sure that all of my audio production skills were still relevant and like tuned up and that kind of thing. Until eventually I decided to start freelancing after not getting hired anywhere for what felt like a hundred years and like emailing people and trying to get phone calls and trying to just like chat with people and nobody was answering me. So eventually I just started freelancing and then I've been freelancing for about four years now, maybe five. I don't know. Um, And yeah, that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. That's the big origin story. I always love a good origin story because I find they're so diverse and and everyone comes at this from a, a different angle. And I find it so interesting that you came in through your love of audio mm-hmm. and and that's different for everyone and you going back to CBC being the inspiration and I think a lot of people forget that podcasting is still in its infancy mm-hmm. as as a medium and it's interesting that you were at the tip of the spear there as it was transitioning in Canada especially and you know only going back to 2014 2015 it's it's wild to think about that where we are today how oh, fast yeah. it's grown and how fast it is growing can you rewind just a little bit and if if you want to speak to that transition that you kind of saw in that space, because you seem to be right involved there, going from that podcast aren't a thing to all of a sudden, well, they kind of are a thing and they are a big thing now. Yeah. Honestly, I'm trying to riddle my brain about like what it was that suddenly told me that podcasts were going to be a thing. I remember being in like 2013, 2014 knowing I knew about podcasts. I was interested in them, trying to figure out what the heck they were because I had an iPod and I was sort of looking at iTunes and being like, and and noticing that there was this thing called podcasts. And I realized it was kind of like radio on demand. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I like this idea because I had at the time been going on to um, CBC's website and they had these things called listen agains and they were only accessible on CBC's website to listen to like my favorite radio shows when I couldn't listen to them at the time that they were on. So I would go on and specifically listen to The Signal, which is a music show and a whole bunch of really great music shows that were on like late at night on like weekdays or weekends when like nobody's listening to the radio then (laughs) and so I would listen to them um in my like while I was studying and stuff and doing and doing school. So I kind of knew that I wanted access to audio programming whenever the heck I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like podcasts were sort of meeting that need. And so I think then I was like, I didn't, but I at, still in 2014, I didn't really understand where podcasts lived or how mm-hmm. people really accessed them. All I really understood was like they exist on the internet. And I think you maybe have to go to a website to listen to them. So yeah. that's what started one of my first ever endeavors, which was, In 2014, I launched a uh, podcast network, an attempt at a podcast network called the Waveforum Podcast Network, which I'm very proud of the name. And (laughs) it consisted of a podcast that I was producing for my partner and his friend, which was like a movie review podcast at the time. 
And then I had also met a couple of other people who I went to school with and just people around the community who were making their own podcasts. One of them was a very, very early edition of a show called Killed to Death, which is an improv true crime true crime show and that now exists on the comedy network and they're still or on sorry wow that now exists on the sonar network and they're still going strong today um so yeah i was like ultimately producing and like editing these shows and then putting them up on like a free wix website that i created and then trying to like promote them on instagram and twitter and like hopefully trying to do this cross promotion between all of the episode all the different like shows that were on there um, so I, I had that going for like a year and a half and then I realized like I only really want to make podcasts. I don't really mm-hmm. want to be promoting them too and like running a network and doing all of these things on my own. So I ended up uh, just like kind of letting it, <laughs> killing it and just letting moving on kind of thing. And then once I had killed it and moved on, I realized I still wanted to make podcasts and that sort of simmered with me for a number of years being like, mm-hmm. I still want to make a podcast, though. I don't know what this is. And that's what ultimately led me to my first indie show, which was recently rebranded to Curious Tourism. And mm-hmm. then a couple years later or a year later or so, I started freelancing and being like, I can do this full time. So, yeah, I don't even remember what your question was. That was just a big <laughs> rant. But that was kind of like it. the early, early days of podcasting for me. Was, was yeah, like, like, what the heck like is I said- this? <laughs> The, the the tip is the spear concept that, that you know, the things that you were doing in 2014 are a lot of the stuff that is happening now. Yeah. Which is which is wild to think about how early you were into that game, like the promotion on Instagram, the network style. And I, I honestly, as an indie podcaster too, I miss some of that small network stuff because I came up into a network and that's where we met a lot or mm-hmm. I met a lot of podcasters, a lot of like-minded people. And we kind of found this community and I find that community piece isn't as strong as it used to be. And and I do miss that kind of that little smaller networks that are supporting each other yeah. in more of a tangible way on a week to week basis, as opposed to just kind of saying, hey, here's a tweet about this show on this network. And that's where it kind of ends. Yeah, I, I mean, I I'm starting to notice that the communities are getting a little stronger, actually. Mm-hmm. And I am noticing that I think. A lot of people are realizing the power of podcast networks at this point and how crucial they are in order to like really have cross promotion and marketing that's meaningful because marketing podcasts is like a whole other podcast basically at this point. (laughs) Like it's just it's so much work. And most of the time I'm telling people that I work with that are in the early stages of their podcasts, like it's all legwork. You have Mm -hmm. to just meet people, talk to people face to face and just constantly be talking about your podcast in a very natural way like seo doesn't work social Mm -hmm. media doesn't work unless you're like all in on it but like you really just have to chat with people and if you're a part of a network it can become easier that way so i think i'm hoping to see a lot more networks being sprung up across canada with a lot more podcasts on them um the harbinger media network is one that's really inspiring to me because they usually have three three new shows joining them like maybe every three months or so oh wow um and it's a really really awesome uh a network and then same with sonar too they seem to be bringing a new show on maybe every few months or so so yeah i see the growth there and the potential to be marketing and i think that's where the money is too is where sponsors will hopefully likely Mm. be being like i want to sponsor your entire network not just like one show because i think that'll be a better bang for their buck anyway but. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and you mentioned Sonar there a couple of times. Yeah. I, I know 
know Michael from Sonar. He's one of the guys that co-founded it and they're doing great stuff. Yeah. And they're doing a lot of legwork in the communities. Like they came out here for Calgary Expo. They did Fan Expo in Toronto. So they're yep. right now they're the only network. They were at my live network. show last week. <laughs> were they? Awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Sonar is, I, I love what they're doing right now as a network. And so it's an interesting concept. And as it evolves in this space, it, it, it's something that, like you said, I think that there is momentum. There is so much power there. Mm-hmm. And especially in the Canadian, like I, I want to go to one thing that, that you talk about here, this idea of the Canadian ecosystem inside of podcasting and and your attempt and your drive and the, really the grind. You know, we've chatted offline about this, about trying to elevate this. There's so much potential right now in the Canadian space when it comes to podcasting, when you compare it even to the American space, you mm-hmm. know, there, there's some there's some lagging behind. So like, w- like maybe... What are some of the things that you're seeing kind of in, in the, the grander scheme that, you know, that the Canadian environment needs and through your work on Pod the North that it kind of needs to focus on to maybe begin to grow a little bit? Yeah. Well, so I think I touched on when I was talking about my like origin story into podcasting, really like what was the catalyst of me starting something like Pod the North in the first place, which was feeling like myself as a trained professional was finding it really difficult to make any connections with people who are sort of the Mm -hmm. quote unquote like top tier of podcasting. And then it made me sort of think like, where the heck are the opportunities then? Like, how do you find opportunities here? So like I had been going to conferences and stuff before I really dove into freelancing and uh, going to different podcasting panels and trying to meet folks afterwards. And sometimes people were really receptive uh, to meeting me and saying like, hey, email me anytime if you have any questions about your career um, and or, or podcasting. And then o- other times it was going to spaces like Hot Dogs Podcast Festival, mm-hmm. which like in 2018, CBC Podcast was like a big um, a big sponsor and they still are today. And they had sort of their after party cocktail event. And I remember going to this cocktail event and seeing like all of CBC podcasts on one side of the room and all of the indie podcasters on the other side and no like really interaction between the two. And I just felt like there was so much imposter syndrome and nobody really wanted to talk to each other. It was just sort of this facade. Um, and now, now I've noticed over the last year since I've started once I launched pod the north I really wanted to have these conversations in more depth and answer all the questions that I was wondering about the Canadian podcasting ecosystem which was what the heck is going on here yes (laughs) Yes. basically that's the gist because as an indie podcaster as a freelance podcaster as someone who is trying to connect with major studios and networks like I was like where are the opportunities like what are people thinking about like why isn't anyone talking to each other it feels like we're all just fractured dealing with our own stuff separately Mm -hmm. when we all have very similar problems and then since I've launched Pod the North and like opened up these conversations it seems to have been very well received which was a very exciting moment for me to realize because I really didn't think it was going to be more than like 50 people at most reading my newsletter but it's about a thousand people reading my newsletter Um, and that includes CBC podcasts and people from Spotify and people from Apple and and like networks across the ecosystem in general so I think that is showing me that a lot of people are like oh man like we're all having very similar questions about what the Mm -hmm. heck is going on here how do we find success here where is the money how do we grow our audiences 
all of that stuff, everyone, regardless of what state of podcasting they're in, is having these questions. Yeah. Um, they might just be in different levels or thinking about it a, a little differently, but I've been noticing, especially over the last few years, that people are much more receptive to chatting with me. Maybe that's because I have a newsletter now, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's interesting that I n- pretty much always get feedback on every newsletter that I get that it's like, thank you so much for covering this, or I'm really glad you asked these questions. So it's telling me that people really are trying to find community here in Canada Mm -hmm. and like get all these questions answered in in Canadian podcasting. Yeah, it's what what you're doing over at Pod the North. Let's get into Pod the North. Sure. And talk <laughs> talk a bit about this this newsletter that you launched just over a year ago. I think you just celebrated your year anniversary, and I want to touch I on did. on on your uh, your live show that you did as well. It's it's great to see that you saw a problem and you are putting in and and running with a solution to it that is that is elevating the content, amplifying voices, as well as trying to to navigate through all of this. And I love the word that you use when you call it the the ecosystem of of podcasting in Canada. Thank you so much. So, so many nice words. <laughs> um, yeah, basically the the intention, the newsletter itself is just about Canadian podcasting. Um, it's an attempt to be sort of a, con- a community newsletter for everybody mm-hmm. that exists within Canadian podcasting, whether you're indie freelancer or somebody who works at a studio um, or a major network. So ultimately, I just want everybody to be in the loop. So what I focus on is ecosystem commentary of my own commentary from people within within the space and the industry and then just like highlighting really cool things that are going on in here so every episode or episode <laughs> I am a freelance podcast producer by trade but the newsletter every <laughs> issue um, includes like some sort of commentary usually a, an interview about podcasting with somebody in Canada um, and then like a big section of like what the heck is going on around here of announcements of like new shows that might have come out new things that people are thinking about stats that might have come out all of that sort of stuff um, and then some resources for people for their podcasts that I think might be helpful and then obviously ending with a photo of my dog so that's kind (laughs) of like every issue and yeah ultimately it it is just trying to I'm just basically created a space for myself to ask all the questions that I have about the ecosystem that other people might have and uh, make sure everybody's in the loop about what's going on around here so that we can all help each other out because ultimately at the end of the day Canadian podcasts like the movie industry in Canada and the television industry in Canada, we sit behind America, our neighbor. Yes. And we have to like sort of plow through the big cloud of American content in order for us to really find success usually. Or that's usually how we think about it. So I'm hoping that with us all coming together and understanding what's going on, we can either figure out what, how we can be as successful as the podcast industry in the United States or just find our own definition of success, whatever that might be. So I'm just hoping that it brings us all together so we can unite, be a united front. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The united front is, is, it's such an important thing and, and us being able to congregate around something like pod the North, like your, your, your newsletter there, because it's hard sometimes, especially for newer podcasters, when you're coming into it, you have no idea where to find stuff. Yeah. And a lot of the news, if you go to pod news or whatever, <clears throat> is, is very American and European focused. And so trying to wade through that to find even the right people to talk to or find the right communities is very difficult. And you mm-hmm. being able to pull that together on a weekly basis is is phenomenal. And bi-weekly. I know a lot. Hopefully bi-weekly. I can get Sorry, to yes. weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, bi-weekly. That's the goal. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of producing biweekly podcasts, so I, I get that. You know, you got to uh, you, you got to do what you can do, and but ultimately, I think it's it's what you're doing there is is great for the community, Thank and you. I think having that space to go to is so important, and and that was missing in in Canada, and I the the, the way that you're able to pull it all together is is fantastic. Thank you. So you you've been doing it for a year now. You've produced upwards of almost thirty issues yep. of your uh, of the newsletter and you just celebrated with a live show i did so, so tell me about the, your live show it was in toronto it was a, a couple weekends ago or last weekend yeah it was last week uh, on october 5th yes it was uh just called pod the north live <laughs> and uh i don't know why i just really wanted to do something that would celebrate it i felt like mm-hmm. I really didn't know what to expect when I launched the newsletter. So once I was like a year out, I was like, damn, okay, good for me. So I just wanted to celebrate it (laughs) and just like bring everybody together. So yeah, it was hosted at the Buddies and Bad Times Theater in Toronto, um, which is like an iconic queer uh, venue. And I had basically the show just consisted of it was a live podcast show and a mixer afterwards. So I had three 20 minute sets where I brought in... um, some collaborations between a bunch of different Canadian podcasts. So the first one was a collaboration between a show called uh, 30 Going on 13 and another show called Butt Out Baby. And then the second show was a collaboration between You Made Me Queer and a really awesome podcaster named Riley Yesno, who does the Red Surgeons podcast. Mm -hmm. And then it culminated with a live show for CBC's Commotion, where we had uh, Elamine Abdul-Makmood on with a bunch of other really cool guests um and that show was actually live to air the monday afterwards oh, wow. so awesome. that was really exciting so yeah we had the live show and then um yeah afterwards we just had like a an hour and a half of just a mixer where people could come and hang and talk to each other and meet each other and all that stuff so it was like a pretty decent I think it was a pretty good turnout. Uh, the tickets were almost all sold out, but it was about cool. a capacity of about like 80 people. So nothing crazy, but just like nice and fun and intimate. And I think it went really well. <laughs> the the stuff I've seen online and the images that you've posted on that, it, lo- it looks like it was fantastic. And that's a, an underappreciated piece of, of being a podcaster is actually, you know, we're used to getting behind the mics, whether it's in a more intimate setting in a studio or virtually with if you have your co-hosts or, or spread across Canada and all that. And I think it's an unappreciated thing about being able to get onto a stage and record a live podcast. Yeah. And it, it that's it's so much fun to do. I've only done it a handful of times, but it's a completely different environment. Than, totally different. Yeah. I'm, th- I'm looking back at some of the recordings and I'm like, these are very visual style podcasts, yes. <laughs> but it is what it is. I just wanted to make sure the whole thing was like entertaining more than mm-hmm. anything. And I have the recordings uh, and we'll be sending them out to everybody who did them uh, to all the folks who were on stage. But ultimately, I just wanted it to just be like a fun event yes. to attend. So... <laughs> I think it yeah. was. I well, was I definitely you're... chuckling up up in the mezzanine to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And what a, what a way to celebrate a, 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 just a fantastic accomplishment. There. Thank you. you. You've talked a lot about being a freelance podcast producer. Yeah. So that's kind of like the other side of the coin here of, of what you do in your day to day. So for people that don't know what that is or what you do, why don't you why don't you let uh, why don't you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, so basically, myself as a freelance podcast producer is how I pay the bills. Pod the North is just like a fun thing I do on the mm-hmm. side that hopefully make make money sometime. But uh, yeah, so basically, my full time job is working with like a variety of different clients that 
I basically am just my own business. So I will work with a client uh, and just produce a podcast for them. And that is all the way from coming up with a concept and pitching them ideas to Mm -hmm. writing scripts to uh, recording the whole thing, editing the whole thing, publishing it and doing everything from A to Z in podcasting for them, except marketing. I've taken that off my list because it is just too much dang work. You need a whole other person for that. But yeah, so I have a couple of freelance clients that are just, you know, one-offs that only work with me. I'm the only person that that does their podcast for them. But then as a, as a freelancer, I'm also sort of a contractor. So I do work with um, another studio, well, virtual studio, uh, called Vocal Fry Studios with uh, run by Katie Jensen in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so I work on a couple podcasts with her and the team there who are like some of my favorite people ever to work with. Um, and then I'm also a contractor with Canada Land. So I do their show about Doug Ford called Wag the Doug once a month. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, basically being a, fr- a freelancer means like you get hired on contract to produce a bunch of podcasts and and try and maintain a work-life balance so that's where Mm -hmm. i'm at (laughs) on a a daily basis and the the production of podcasts is and i'll go back to this again it's something that's very much underappreciated i know (laughs) there's 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 i've experienced this more recently where you have individuals that are very excited to start a podcast and click record but the recording is almost the easiest part it is it, it's the production, that, especially the post-production and all that, that becomes very arduous at times. Sometimes mm-hmm. the audio is not balanced and it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Also the pre-production. Like I, one of my clients, one of my newest clients that I took on this year, she came to me looking for a new producer and basically told me, I don't want to do anything except sit in front of the mic. <laughs> so that meant that... Uh, ultimately, I was working with her with a, a list of ideas for guests that she wanted to come on, but also had the opportunity to pitch her a ton of guests that I thought she might really be great to talk to. Um, but then also doing the research into all of those guests, writing entire question lines for those guests that I thought might be relevant to her, and just like basically providing her with a full on brief that she could read the night before and be like very well prepared into this interview if she didn't get around to that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, setting up the virtual recording session, making sure everybody's got the right audio and it's all perfect <laughs> so I don't have to be in a complete nightmare when I'm editing it. Yes. And then getting into the edit it, editing and then editing the whole podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's like the full gamut of work that I do. But I like doing all the pre-production stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm actually hoping that I can divide my work a little bit more now that as I've been freelancing for about four years and I'm hoping that I can divide the amount of work that I have between clients and spend more time in pre-production on some shows, spend more time in post-production on other shows because editing can be so isolating and take up so much dang time. And it's like, I don't want to be working this hard. (laughs) No. How many, how many times can you listen to this like 30 second clip to try to make sure it's balanced and you've got, yeah, you're trying to fix people talking over people, especially the virtual studio stuff. Oh yeah. Editing can be so satisfying though. Like I love it when I have a good Mm. cut that I can make between syllables of a word Mm -hmm. where you have like the word okay and you use the one O and the second K and you're like, ooh, nailed that. it's, yeah. it's so satisfying, but doing it every day can be just so draining sometimes. I'm like, I wish I was more active. My 
butt is so mad at me of yeah. sitting on it all the time. <sighs> I love that. I love that about you getting one of those moments where yes, I nailed that that little edit there. I find it's it's interludes, like little yeah. musical interludes oh, between. Yeah. Get little yes. tingly up your arms. You're like, ooh, that's 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 slick. <laughs> yes, that's that's gonna sound good. Sometimes I just I'll, I'll do a really good one and I'll publish the episode and I'll just go to the interlude and just listen to the interlude. Oh yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. that sounded good. Love it. <laughs> So in, in everything that you do, you do a lot of production, you do the newsletter. How often do you get behind the mic now? Not very often, to be honest. I was just talking to my partner about that a little while ago. I really am not on the mic at all much these days. I think I only just do interviews about my newsletter and podcasting mm -hmm. and stuff. But I'm actually really, really hoping to start a podcast soon. And I'm actually in the midst of possibly being on one. But I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it yet. Slash, <laughs> I don't know if it's like been solidified yet but there's a show that i might be on where i'll be on the mic a little bit more very cool uh coming up probably in the new year but yeah i would like to be on the mic more i have a lot of fun and this is where like my first love was in mm -hmm. terms of audio production and everything too was just being chatty so i was on the announcements team in high school like how can i not be behind the mic yeah like, <laughs> i can't I, I can't stop talking like what well, it's it's funny like we were saying at the start once you get behind it it's just a, a switch flips yes and it's so so much fun like i it's every so single great. day I, I you have those moments you're like Ugh, do not want to get behind the microphone and then <laughs> boom you show up and you're like okay we just talk i feel for good an, i'm sorry an hour i don't know I don't who is know. mowing their lawn right now in october but someone's making a lot of noise outside i'm so sorry well, that's a, that's the best. That's the best part about the, these discussions, these conversations. They're real. They're here. They're in. They're real. And yeah, you know what I mean. You, you've got people things things going on all over the world here. And but I'm I'm so happy that we get to get to talk about podcasting. Yes. And now, just to kind of get us to towards the the end of this, you know, there's something I do on every single one of these shows is I talk about this philosophy that I've tried to live my life by, especially since I, since I had kids and and have kind of a new perspective on everything. And the philosophy is leave it better than you found it. And essentially that's make a positive impact in, in its simplest form. Mm -hmm. And I always ask people to, to just provide a little commentary around specifically in the podcast space, something that you feel exemplifies that statement, leave it better than you found it. And it could be anything personally outside. Clearly you've already given quite a few examples of, of this exact thing, but I always like to leave the episode on a positive note and having the, the, the guests just talk a little bit about where they think they've made the most impact in this community, in this industry. Yeah. I mean, I love this question. I was immediately thought about somebody that made like a big impact on me, uh, even getting into freelancing. And that was Katie Jensen, who runs Vocal Fry Studios. For me, like a principle that I always want to live by if I want to make any impact here is just like being transparent and mm -hmm. being like having that openness to help people and just chat with people about stuff. Um, I offer consultations and I always offer like a free 30 minute one to people who just want to chat and pick my brain and, and just like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much value in that. Cause that's mm -hmm. what I got out of, uh, my first time where I really got to sit down and chat with Katie. I, uh, met her briefly after a panel that she was on and just said hi and introduced myself. And after that, I, I just was admired so much how she talked about her career and how honest she was about it. And, uh, I, I, once I got into freelancing, I messaged her on Twitter and was like, Hey, can I book a consultation with you to like, 
just pick your brain about freelancing and was fully prepared to pay for it and everything. And we ended up sitting down together and chatting about freelancing and podcasting and all that stuff. And she was like, don't even worry about paying me. Like, it's been so lovely to meet you and uh, like keep me posted on all your stuff. And then eventually she offered me sort of a job to test out working with her, a client that she couldn't take on, but she was like, you should take on and let me, I'll coach you through working with them and stuff. And so just her willingness to like coach me through it and, and be helpful was made such an impact on me. So that's something I always am trying to do is just be open and make sure that I can like just be transparent about how I'm feeling with things and people who are entering the industry being a resource to them and telling them mm-hmm. all the stuff. And another thing that I'm trying to really be, uh, take on is for freelancers like me sometimes it can be daunting figuring out where to find like your first client or clients at all and now that I've have established myself into a pretty decent spot I have a bunch of people reaching out to me every few months that I can't take on and having a roster of other freelancers that I can Mm -hmm. recommend is always super helpful and really helpful for them so I'm trying to just keep the community alive and that's been important for me is just trying to be transparent and helpful as much as I can. Yeah, well, I think you, you very much accomplished that with everything that, that we talked about today. And like I said, I look forward to in the endeavors that we've spoken about um, offline and all that is to kind of continuing to, to to watch you push this environment and, and an ecosystem further and faster and harder. Because I, I know it's a grind, but I think that there's a, a big difference to be made. And I think you're a big piece of that. So thanks, Tim. I want to give you an opportunity here to, we talked about a lot of stuff, yeah. but let people know where they can find Pod the North, where they can find some of the other work that you've done and anything else that, that you want the listeners to, to maybe tune into to, so they can take advantage of some of the things that we talked about here and the work that you're doing uh, in the podcast community. Yeah. I mean, you can find my website, which is just katielore.com. Um, Katie has two T's, but you'll find that in the show notes anyways. Um, and then my newsletter is linked on my website, but you can also find it at podthenorth.com or podthenorth.ca. I now took both of those domains. <laughs> um, and that'll bring you to Substack where you can subscribe to the newsletter. And uh, if there's anything you want to hear about Canadian podcasting uh, or just the ecosystem in general, any interviews you want me to do, like please reach out to me and email me through any of those uh, e- those websites I just said. Um, other than that, check out my indie podcast called Curious Tourism. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just wrapping up our sixth season right now, but um, there's a lot of really good episodes on there if you want to learn how to travel in a way that's better for people on the planet. Those are all my pluggables. Awesome. Awesome. And everything will be in the show notes below. And Katie, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on the podcast experience here and telling us a little bit of your journey. I can't wait to, to have you on in the future to to just download everything that you've done between <laughs> now and then, because I, I can see this industry moving pretty quick in Canada. Thanks. And uh, it's, it's been a blast. Let's close this episode out. Episode number three of the podcast experience. I'd like to extend a huge thank you to Katie Lore for coming on, jumping on and telling her podcast experience her journey through this wonderful medium that is podcasting i loved everything that we talked about and how we spent so much time talking about the canadian podcasting ecosystem this is something that is near and dear to me and a big reason why we kick-started pod summit and what we're driving towards we have very similar goals katie and i and i can't wait to collaborate with her in the future and really disrupt this podcast environment 
inside of Canada specifically. I can't wait to jump back on to the microphone here in the coming weeks. I got some awesome guests lined up. And if you guys have any feedback or suggestions of people you'd like to hear on the podcast experience, you can always email me at tim at podsummit.com. I hope you guys have a wonderful end to your week. Remember to be kind, do something positive, make an impact, leave it better than you found it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast experience. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. 